Hallelujah. Somebody pray. Somebody praise the name of your Savior this morning. I need y'all to stand up. Come on, come on. Shout to the name of your Savior this morning. Call your name. There's something we cannot explain that happens when we proclaim your great name. Your great name. We love to. Come on, say. Call your name. It's something we cannot explain. That happens when we proclaim your great name. Your great name in Jesus' name. Come on. No other in Jesus. The stronger can come on. Nothing changes. We call on. Clap your hands all over this place. Come on. We love you. We love you. Call your name. excited this morning. Your great name. Let's call on him. King Jesus. No other name. King Jesus. In the name of Jesus, power in the name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Power in your name. Come on, y'all say that right now. Declare it. Did they say? There is power. Come on, let me hear you say it. Say power in your name. Speak to where you are right now in this very moment. Say it. I'm 
up the atmosphere in this place this morning when we call the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess your name. Hallelujah. Somebody feel their victory coming this morning. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. We serve a God who's done it before, he can do it again. I don't care what you're going through right now. When we call on that name, everything changes. Y'all believe that this morning? Walking around these walls, I thought by now they But you have never left me yet. Y'all feel that this morning? Waiting for change to come. Knowing the battles won. For you have never failed me. will come to pass, and my heart will sing your praise again. Come on, sing to your Lord this morning.
church that his promise still stands great is your faithfulness in fact Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations chapter 3 that his mercies are new every morning and his steadfast love steadfast love never ceases great is your faithfulness one of our traditions here at Converge Church is on the first Sunday of each month we get to celebrate communion it's so easy to become distracted by the business of life and the pressures of life, and we forget to remember all that Jesus did for us. At least once a month, we're intentional 
about taking pause and refocusing and realigning our hearts and our minds around the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid for you and for me. It was a very real demonstration of his reckless love, his reckless love for us. And if you're in the room this morning, have you ever wrestled or ever wondered if you mattered, if you had value? Look no further than the cross. Because Jesus did everything he did on the cross, listen to me, just for you. He so loved the world, but guess what? He so loved you. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. That you are loved, that you are accepted. And that's what the cross is about, and that's what this moment is about as we celebrate communion together. Are the ushers in the aisles? Are you guys serving communion? Everyone has elements? Everyone has elements. All right. Uh, I don't. Thank you, Rob. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your promise still stands. Ah, God, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, God, that you've never left us, you've never forsaken us. We thank you, Father, this morning that your word declares that you are an ever-present help, ever-present help in our time of trouble. I pray for that one now, Father, who feels alone or feels abandoned. You are an ever-present help. And God, this morning, just because it seems like you're silent, it doesn't mean you're absent. You never leave us. You never forsake us. So we receive your love now. We quiet our souls long enough to hear you say over us, you are loved and you are accepted. And I did this all for you. The scripture says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you, and as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. So this morning, we take a moment to remember the finished work of the cross, that his body was broken just for you. You might be joining us online this morning, right where you are, in the comfort of your home. You can join us for communion. Find some juice, find a piece of bread, and let's celebrate the Lord's table together. Father, we thank you for everything this this emblem represents. That 2,000 years ago, there was a great exchange on the cross. That you paid a debt you didn't owe to pay a price that we couldn't. Thank you, Lord, for being all in for us. Thank you that this emblem is blessed to our bodies and our lives to your service. We receive it, Lord, with humility and with deep gratitude for what you did for us on the cross. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Take now and eat.
Paul continues in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and he says, On that same night, Jesus likewise took the cup and he said, This is my blood which is shed for you. And as often as you drink of this cup, you do so in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us. We thank you, Lord, that the blood will never lose its power. That it still reaches to the highest mountain. It still flows to the lowest valley. It touches the up and out and the down and out. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on us. And you demonstrated it when your body was broken, but also when your blood was shed. Father, this morning we receive mercy. We receive your grace. We receive the forgiveness of sin. And Father, we thank you that your word declares in Romans 8 and 1 that there is therefore, therefore, because of the cross, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So Lord, we draw near to you now as we take the cup without hesitation or reservation, without condemnation, guilt or shame because of the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, take now and drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we commit the rest of our time together to you. Lord, we acknowledge that you are our strength. Strength like no other reaches to me. Lord, would you stretch forth your hand this morning. Meet us at the point of our need. We receive your strength to mount up with wings as eagles, to run and not grow weary, to walk and not faint. In Jesus' name. Let's worship together. I was saying the blood that reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. As we sing this song together, we just say, You are my strength. Can y'all say that? Say, You are my strength. Anybody got joy this morning? Come on. See, when the enemy comes in like a flood, see, it reaches to me. Hey. Say, you are my strength, say, you are my strength. Somebody 
they got to declare that this morning. They see it ain't nothing else but. Oh, I sing it with a smile on my face. Hey.
Come on, rejoice in this place this morning. We thank you for your strength, God. See, it wasn't in our jobs. It wasn't in the people that was next to us, Father God. But it was you that came through, Father God. See, some of you don't know what you've been going through even this week. But, Father, we thank you for your strength, God. We thank you for making a way. We thank you for the power in your name, Father God. We rejoice in you today. We don't wait for anybody else. But, Father, we thank you for the bottom of our hearts, God. Come on, lift up a sound unto your Lord this morning. You're deserving of the praise this morning. You're deserving of it all this morning, God. You're deserving of it all. Somebody got to stop right there. Say, in the fullness of your grace. We thank you for your grace this morning. We thank you for your mercy, God. In the fullness of your grace. In the power of your name. that we can always count on you and that it reaches no matter where we are in our lives Father God, no matter how far we feel like we are that your love is able to reach even that place Father God and I pray even right now Father for those of us who are used to covering the hurt, the pain the soft places that we don't let anybody else see Father we invite you in even into that place for your love reaches even there we thank you for setting us free today. We thank you, Father, for the word that's going forth. And, Father, we thank you for the change that starts today. We love you. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout amen. 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 Thank you, Converge Worship. Amen. Please be seated if you can. Good morning, everyone. 
Good morning. Welcome to Converge Live, our in-person worship experience. Good morning and welcome to Converge Nation, our online virtual family that joins us each week via live stream. And I see some new faces here. So if this is your first time worshiping with us, we have not forgotten about you. Good morning and welcome to you as well. For our first time visitors, we do not take it lightly that you've chosen to spend some time with us today. So we ask, please stop by the Welcome Center at the end of worship and connect with our pastors. They just want to greet you. They want to connect with you. And we have a gift for you. It's a token of appreciation. And it's just a small way of us saying thank you so much for choosing to spend a portion of your day with us today. Amen. Amen. So there is a lot that's happening here at Converge. If you guys have been following us for the past few weeks, you know there is a lot that's happening. And the best way for you guys to stay connected with us, to hear about all that God is doing, and to have the most up-to-date information on what's happening here at Converge is to connect with us on our social media platforms. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge. And you can find us on TikTok at Converge Church. So be sure to like and subscribe, not just so that we grow our numbers. That's the small thing, but so that you guys know what's happening and so that you guys can connect with us and connect with what God is doing through us here at Converge. Amen. We have a lot of things that are happening in October. The first thing is that Converge Students is back. They are meeting, amen, every second and fourth Sunday in the rail at 10 a.m. So that is not this Sunday. That is next Sunday. But if you have 6th through 8th graders, if you have ninth through 12th graders, encourage them to join us over in the rail at 10 a.m. every second and fourth Sunday. Our student leadership team is over there. They're excited to meet your students and we want to connect with them in that way. Amen? Amen. We are in the midst of Saturday work days. This is our new home at 1611 Wilmoth Road, and we are taking care of what God has blessed us with. So we have been doing some landscaping. Yesterday, there were some of us out that did some organizing. Through October 22nd, you still have an opportunity to join us. We're going to be moving some things from our off-site storage here into our newly cleaned out and organized storage spaces, yes. Yes, so it is not too late for you to join us. We have two shifts, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. or 10 a.m. to noon. Or if you want to come and hang out for all four hours, we will gladly accept it. There is a QR code available where you can just scan that QR code. You can go to the Sign Up Genius and sign up for one or two or both of the shifts. We will appreciate anybody that wants to come and join us, okay? All right. And then in preparation, we're doing all that in preparation for our building dedication and we are going to make a weekend yes that's what I'm talking about we're gonna make a weekend out of that so from October 28th through the 30th it's going to be our building dedication weekend on Friday we're going to have a night of worship and Thanksgiving on Saturday, we are going to have a family fun day where we're going to have a chili cook-off. We're going to have cupcake wars. Both of those are backed by popular demand. So if you are a reigning champion, dust off your recipe and get ready. So it's going to be a good time. We're going to have bounce houses, a petting zoo. We're even going to have a s'mores pit. So we'll be sure to make sure that we get you guys all the specifics, but mark those dates on your calendar because most importantly, on Sunday, October 30th, at 9.15 a.m., it is going to be our ribbon cutting and our building dedication. We're going to have some of our local dignitaries out. This is going to be an amazing time. And then right here at 10.15, 
for Converge Live, we are going to blow the roof, theoretically, because this is our new home, where we're going to blow the roof off of this place in praise and worship. And then that afternoon at 3 p.m., it is going to be the ordination, the pastoral ordination of our amazing pastors, Pastor Ray Harmon and Pastor Wendy Harmon. So... Again, lots of things happening, lots of details coming forth, but connect with us on social media. Make sure that we have your information. We don't want you guys to miss out on celebrating this amazing weekend with us. Amen? Amen. And so this is now our opportunity to help move forward the vision and the mission that God has given us here at Converge. We have got a little momentum under our wings. And so we are going to continue moving forward in our giving. If you would like to partner with us financially, if you would like to participate in phase one of everything that God is doing here as we prepare this building for him, we would love to have your financial partnership. We have multiple ways that you can do that. Here in person, our ushers are in the aisles. There are envelopes on the back of the seats in front of you. If you need an ink pen, raise your hand. We ask that you would fill out those details in its entirety so that we can properly record an account for your giving. You can also give online safely and securely by visiting us at weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can give via Cash App. You can give via Zelle. You can give via text by texting Converge Give along with a dollar amount to 77977. So there are multiple ways for you to give. We appreciate every seed sown. We appreciate every financial gift. We appreciate everything that you guys are doing to help make life-giving ministry happen right here at Converge. Let us pray. Oh, most gracious and good and faithful Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you for everything that you are entrusting us to here at Converge. We thank you for every family, every person, every seed that you have sown, that they have sown into Converge Church. We don't take it lightly, God. We will be found faithful, good stewards of all that you've entrusted us to. We love you. We honor you. We magnify you. And we remember that this is all for you and to reach those to whom you've called us. It is in Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Converge Nation. Let me try that again. I stumbled over my words. I said, good morning, Converge Nation. How y'all doing? Yeah. Good morning uh, to all of those joining us uh, via Converge Online. We're so glad you've chosen to join us virtually. To everyone in the building, thank you, thank you, thank you so much that you are here. Uh, we stand upon the words of Jesus where he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We believe that the presence of the Lord is here. Uh, we thank God for his abiding presence uh, this morning as we look to his word together. Once again, we're honored that you are here. We're going to dive into the word together. This is week three of our sermon series that we're calling Planted. Yes, I hear some excitement out there. Listen, I've been getting text messages and emails about how much people have been encouraged and strengthened uh, by the messages we've been sharing uh, over the last couple of weeks. It is the will of God 
that God's people are planted in the house of the Lord, according to Psalm 92 and verse 13. And this is the promise. This is the promise that those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. So we've been taking this journey through God's word, and we're discovering these biblical principles that will allow us to live a fruitful and productive life. He said that God's original plan for man is his eternal plan for man. So as we examine the text in Genesis chapter 1, we discover that what God spoke to Adam still has application for Christ followers today. And he simply said that he created us to be fruitful, to multiply, to have dominion, to replenish the earth, and to subdue it. In this series, we're discovering biblical principles that will help us live out God's original and his eternal plan for man. That we be fruitful and productive in every area, listen to me, in every area of our lives. In our lives personally, in our interpersonal relationships, in our marriages, uh, as we parent, in our business, in our enterprise, and in everything we set our hands to do. So I pray that this morning you will approach the word with expectation. Uh, the attitude and the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. I hope you heard that. That's why Jesus would say to people, be it unto me or be it unto you according to your faith. There was never a deficit in what Jesus could do. The question was always, what can you believe? So the atmosphere of expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. God wants to do something supernatural and something specific in your life. So this morning, we're going to elevate our expectation. We're going to place a demand on God's word, listen to me, and the supply of the spirit. So that no one will leave empty. Everybody in this room will leave full. We trust God to speak to you specifically, that he will take the same thing I say and give specific application to each person in this room this morning. Our God can and he will. So, Father, we come to you now with humility and we approach your word with reverence. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. We ask you now for utterance in the Holy Ghost. And, Father, we also pray that you would make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Speak through these lips of clay to the hearts of your people as only you can. And God, I thank you for the promise of your word in Isaiah 55, that your word will not return to you void, but it will prosper in the thing whereunto it is sent. We trust you to do that now in this moment. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. Our anchor text for this series, and you guys know that we are sticklers for the word, our anchor text for this series is lifted from Psalm 1, uh, beginning at verse 1. We've actually been examining verses 1 two, and three. And these verses have given us the framework for uh, this series. Uh, this is a Psalm of David, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, and it is captured in what's called book one of the book of Psalms, the first 40 Psalms. Now, there are several writers uh, who have been, uh, uh, that the Psalms have been attributed to, uh, not just David, who was actually the most prolific of the psalmist, but also Asaph and Moses, and then there are a few others. Uh, but this is a psalm attributed to David. In fact, the first 40 psalms are attributed to David. I mentioned this before, but it bears repeating that the book of Psalms is 
150 song set list for those of you who are worshipers and worship leaders. 150 songs in God's divine set list. These are songs of worship that were penned, that were authored by these writers. Again, David, Asaph, Moses, Moses, and there are a few others. This is a psalm of David, and it kind of gives us sort of the, um, uh, the, 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 the starting point for God's desire for his people, God's intention for his people. And as we, as we unpack the text together, I want you to insert your text, yourself in the text, meaning this is God speaking to me. Are y'all with me? I've been a pastor long enough to know that <laughs> there have been moments when people have come up to me and said, oh, that sermon was so good, I'd know exactly who to send it to. No, hold on now. <laughs> Don't send it to them. <laughs> that could have been a word for you. Are y'all with me? So insert yourself in the text because this is God's DM. This is God's instant message this morning, October 2nd, to you. If you've desired a word from the Lord, listen intently. Listen with an open heart. Are you all with me? The scripture says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. So I want you to insert yourself in the text and say, man, that's a word for me. That's God speaking to me. So here we are in the first song in God's master set list, the book of Psalms, beginning at verse number one. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it he meditates day and night. Notice what it says about this man and this woman. It says, this man, this woman shall be like a tree planted. Somebody say planted. Planted by rivers. Not just one, but by rivers. Sufficiency and supply. More than enough. Not just enough. Can I stop there for a second? As we examine the canon of Scripture, it seems as if there is a pattern where God was moving people from not enough to just enough to more than enough. He did it with the Israelites. For 420 years, they lived in bondage, a land of not enough. And then he moves them out of Egypt into the wilderness, a land of just enough, where he supplied everything they need, needed daily. He supplied manna every day, and he was teaching them the lesson of gratitude. Y'all listen to me. There are some people that will stay in the wilderness longer than they should because they haven't developed an attitude of gratitude for God's daily bread. That's why Jesus said when he taught his disciples how to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. And God could not bring the Israelites into a land of flowing with milk and honey until they had learned the lesson of contentment with just enough. I promise you, if you don't learn the lesson of contentment with just enough, you're going to complain about more than enough. Because gratitude is a disposition, not a location. I hope y'all heard what I said. It is a disposition, not a location. Most people, most people think, 
oh, I'm going to praise God, and I'm going to be happy, and I'm going to be content when I get that job, when I get that promotion, when I move into the new house. No, 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 no. You can move up the corporate ladder and complain about something you dislike, where the praise report now becomes a prayer request. The thing you were thanking God for now becomes the thing you were complaining for because you haven't cultivated an attitude of gratitude for your daily bread. He moved them from not enough to just enough. Uh, may I say this? The longer they complained, the longer they remained. Listen to me. There were five things when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that caused the judgment of God to come upon the Israelites. You know one of the things listed among the five things? Murmuring and complaining. Against the provision of God. Why am I talking about that this morning? There's a reason. There's a reason. Can I, can I say one of the reasons? Your obedience schedules your seasons. We ask ourselves, why am I still stuck here? Listen, this is in... Bible scholars say what took the Israelites 40 years should have only lasted 11 to 21 days. But it took them 40 years because they didn't get the lesson the first time. And God is so committed to you, baby, that he's going to keep, listen, he's going to keep allowing you to take laps around the desert until you pass the test, until you learn the lesson of gratitude. And the moment they started to give thanks, instead of complaining, God brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey. That's why Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, I have learned whatever state I am in. Notice the operative word, I have learned. Because it is counterintuitive to human nature to give thanks when your life is falling apart. Yet he said, I have learned to be content in whatever state I am, I'm in. Whether I abound when I got a whole lot of stuff or when I am abased when I've got nothing, I have learned the lesson of contentment. And that's why he wrote to Timothy, his son in the faith, his protege, his mentee, and said, Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. Not just to be godly, but to be content is great gain. So it says, this man, this woman, shall be like a tree planted by rivers. Somebody say more than enough. enough. Yeah. Sufficiency and supply. We're going to talk about that next week. Rivers of living water. And this is what's going to happen to this man who is planted, to the woman who is planted, who put their roots down. Listen to me. I was praying for the service this morning. And the sense that came upon me was simply this, that there are people sitting in this room right now who have been running from something, but you don't know what you're running to. 
listen to me. It's possible to leave a place. It's possible to leave a thing. What we often ignore is that when you leave a place or leave a thing, you bring in yourself with you. Listen to me. Let this be a word from the Lord. Wherever you go, there you are. And we think it's a matter of location. When it's a matter of disposition. How you see yourself, how you see your situation, how you see people. And that's why we're going to talk about the importance of the word. Because notice, he says, this man ignores ungodly counsel. And what he turns to, listen to me, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in it, he meditates day and night. And it says, this man who has prioritized God's word, this man who turns away from foolishness and mayhem, who is not informed by culture, but who is informed by Christ. This man, this woman shall be like a tree planted, putting their roots down, putting their roots down. I got to say this, man. Put your roots down. There's no other way. Put your roots down in good soil. In good soil. Not just anyway. Because not all soil is created equal. And the soil that might work for one plant may not work for you. I was standing out in the front, y'all talking to, to the landscaper. And he said, listen to me, uh, you, you got all these, the list of all these plants on here? And they're beautiful in a magazine, Warren. They don't work in Texas. Because the soil in Texas is acidic. And they thrive in alkaline soil. So we would have bought beautiful plants that would have died. And some of us are planted in the wrong soil. And so, so last week we talked about uh, two, two soil conditions. Right? Or, or we've been talking about two soil conditions. We talked about our relational environments. That's why he said avoid the sinner, the mocker, and the scornful. Avoid them. Your relational environments matter because bad company corrupts good character. And then the second thing he said was observe your internal environments. We talked about four soil conditions, the condition of your heart. Because the sower sows the, the, the seed, and it falls on four kinds of soil. Three out of the four bear no fruit. Only one kind of soil bears fruit. And so sometimes in our lives, the seed isn't bearing fruit, not because the seed is bad, but because of the condition of the soil. Your internal, your internal environment it's bad. It's not conducive to the seed. Until you change the condition of the soil, the seed cannot bear fruit. So we talked about the state, which is God wants us to be blessed, happy, fruitful, fortunate. And then he says, he talks about the soil, your friendships, your relationships, and your internal environments. Today we're going to talk about the seed. 
Are y'all with me? We're going to talk about the importance of the seed. We're going to talk about the importance of the seed. Y'all ready? So here are the principles, uh, and I want y'all to get this. I want y'all to embrace this, right? Here are the principles. Week one, the first principle we talked about, we, say, we said to evaluate your circle. Y'all remember that? Evaluate your circle. Who you running with? Who's your tribe? Believe it or not, it will either negatively impact you or positively impact you. So if you're going to live a fruitful life that glorifies God, evaluate your circle. Can I say something to you? Birds of a feather flock together. So there's a lot you can learn about yourself. By who you're running with and who you attract. Are y'all with me? Oh, let me go a little bit deeper. I can tell a lot about a person. Not just by their circle but also by the conspicuous absence of a circle. You say, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? I'm talking about lone rangers. People who ain't got no friends. Ooh, single ladies, be careful. You know what I call it? I call it the Georgie Porgy syndrome. Y'all know that nursery rhyme? Georgie Porgy. Pudding and pie. Come on, Georgie had game. <laughs> no, Georgie had game. Pudding and pie. This is what Georgie did now. He kissed the girls. But notice what he did. He was a no good. Heartbreaker. Is that what Aretha said? Listen to me. He kissed the girls and made them cry. But notice the next line of the nursery rhyme. When the boys came out to play, Georgie Porgy ran away. No accountability. People who say, oh, I just like to be by myself. I just keep to myself. No, no, there's a problem. Because in Proverbs, I think it's, let me just read it to you real quick. Y'all ready for this? I'll talk about circles, and, and then I'm going to get to my message. No, no. Take your time, Pastor. Somebody said it. Thank you. It's all now. Look at Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 1. I'm calling it audible. But notice what it says. It says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. Why does the man isolate himself? Because he seeks his own desire. If I could isolate myself, can't nobody tell me what I can and can't do. That was the problem with Samson. Samson is unique in all of Scripture. In fact, in the, the, the Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, because everybody else that's listed in Hebrews 11 has somebody around him. You know why Samson got all in the trouble he got into? He had nobody to be accountable to. I'm telling you, watch out for people who ain't got no circle. Because people who have no circle want to be accountable to no one. They isolate. They withdraw themselves so that they can seek their own desire. Your environments matter. 
your environments matter. So first principle, evaluate your circle because your circle could be the thing that's holding you back from the fullness of God's promise. Number two, we said examine your heart. For out of the heart flow all the issues of life. Proverbs 4 and 23. We think our problems are external in origin. No, baby. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, said, guard your heart, for out of your heart. Out of your heart. Not out of your surroundings or your circumstances. Out of your heart flow all the issues of life. The Hebrew word is originate. All the issues of life originate in the heart of man. Now notice, I think it's on the screen, keep your heart with all diligence. That word keep, it means to guard. And the word picture in the Hebrew is that of building a garrison. Building a, an alcatraz around your heart to protect it. It says keep your heart and protect it with all diligence. Can I say something like What we do is we build a garrison. The problem is we build walls without considering what we're walling in and walling out. Because there's some things in my heart that I need to get out of my heart before I start building walls. And the problem is sometimes if we build those walls prematurely, we don't allow good stuff. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? So we're living from an unhealthy heart because we build walls and we're keeping the wrong things in. And the right things out. First thing you got to do is evaluate your circle. Number two, examine your heart. That means you got to look inward. You don't look at anybody else. You ask yourself, is my heart healthy? And let me tell you how you can know whether your heart is healthy or not. Y'all ready? For some open heart surgery? Here it is. You know if your heart is healthy or not by what's coming out your mouth. I ain't got to cut you open. I just got to listen to you long enough. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, meaning out of the overflow. You know how when, 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 when it, it's, it's so full that it's overflowing and there's no way to hide it, there's no way to suppress it, it's going to come out your mouth. And the words you speak will reveal the condition of your heart. It's coming out of the overflow of your heart. When you can't say a kind word, when you can't speak kindly to people, when you're cussing them out. I'm talking about the Monday through Saturday Christian. I ain't talking about the one that show up on Sunday because y'all be flipping on Sunday morning. Oh, good morning, Pastor. Bless the Lord. Y'all be flipping. Y'all be flipping. I'm talking about Monday through Saturday. The Monday through Saturday version of you. You can check yourself. You can examine your heart simply by listening to your words. Have I replaced praise and gratitude with murmuring complaining? Ah, I need to check my heart. Am I irritable when I used to be patient and kind? Ooh, something's happening to my heart. Thank you, T-Ross. Say that one more time. Come on, somebody. That's what I came to do. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Come on, Will Smith. 
tell the truth. You can't handle the truth. Okay, so here's the third principle. Everything I just said was the introduction. <laughs> Intro. For the next 50 minutes, you will, no, I'm just teasing. Just teasing, I'm going to go fast. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. So here it is. Y'all ready for the third principle? We said evaluate your circle, examine your heart. Here's the third principle. Eat to live. Eat to live. Eat to live. Eat to live. Listen, I'm talking about eating the right food so that you begin to live the life that God has imagined for you. There is a diet, come on somebody, that God has prescribed for the believer. And he wants you to eat right so you can live right. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 4 and 4. Y'all listen to me now. These are the words of Jesus. These are the words in red. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yeah. What sustains you? It's not just your bread you eat, your physical bread. Jesus said what sustains you is living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Ah, I'm talking about the seed of God's word. Remember Psalm 1 said this man does something with the word of God. He meditates on it day and night. No, in fact it says his delight is in the law of the Lord. He delights in the law of the Lord. And in it, he meditates day and night. This man, somebody say cause and effect. Yeah. Because this man prioritizes the word of God, this man will be likened unto a tree that's planted by rivers of living water. His leaf will not wither. He will bring forth his fruit in season. That means every season of your life, you're going to be bearing fruit. When people look at the leaves of your life, they'll be green and healthy. And then he goes on to say, and whatsoever he does, whatsoever he puts his hands to, it shall prosper. How many of you want to live that kind of life? That's the life the scripture promises. But the scripture says you got to eat to live. Garbage in, garbage out. Come on. I got some fitness people in the house, and uh, I might mess this up. So if my facts are off, Brooks and Chastity, listen, if you need to get right, man, for 2023, they're going to square your way on your nutrition and your fitness goals. I promise you. Brooks and Chastity. That's my babies. Y'all know that? That's two of my babies. They moved back here from Indiana <laughs> to be a part of what God's doing in this season. They're my white chocolate babies. <laughs> Come on, somebody. My white chocolate babies. What was I talking about again? <laughs> fitness, fitness. Eat to live. One of the principles that trainers will teach you correct me if I'm wrong, is you can't out-train a bad diet. Yeah. 
So there are people who go to the gym all the time. But when they get home, what they eat, what they consume, sabotages everything they just did in the gym. The same is true in life. You got good intentions. But what you are consuming is sabotaging your good intentions. So he says, eat to live. If you and I are going to experience the life that Psalm 1 promises, one of the keys is the word of God. So notice what he says. And may I just say this? Uh, pastors agree that one of the gaps that exists in the church is just Bible illiteracy. We come to church every day and we don't know what the Bible says. It's almost like having a phone and not knowing how to work it. We don't know what the Bible says. And may I submit to you, what you don't know is hurting you. Because you cannot live beyond what you've been exposed to. You cannot live and you cannot experience life beyond what you know exists. Did y'all hear what I just said? If you don't know what exists, you can't experience it. It's almost like hiding treasure in plain sight. It's almost like God says, I gave them everything they need to win in life. If only they would just open the book. If only they would open the book, they would be like that man, that woman that's planted by trees of living water. You know why? Your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. Whatever you give attention to is what you will incline your life to. What does that mean? If you give attention to the word of God, your, word will take, your life will take on and your world will take on the characteristics of the word of God. Because you become what you behold. You become what you behold. So he said, eat to live. Notice a couple of examples. First, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Notice what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. He said, listen what he said. He said, when I discovered, come on somebody. He says, when I discovered, it's almost like Jeremiah saying, I didn't know there was something the whole time. But when I found out, when I discovered it, I devoured your word. And they are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. Yeah, Jeremiah was eating to live. Job chapter 23 and verse 12, in the, in the King James it says, it says, for I have esteemed your word above my necessary bread. You know what he was saying? He was saying, listen, I know I got to eat three meals a day. But when I discovered your word, I prioritized it above my physical sustenance. 
I realized I needed to be sustained spiritually more than I needed to be sustained physically. And I esteemed your word above my necessary blanks because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So notice what Job said in the New Living Translation. He said, I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his words more than my daily food. I wonder how much time we spend in God's word. Because the promise of the Psalm 1 life hinges upon, is contingent upon our response to God's word. Our exposure to God's word. And not just being hearers of his word, but being doers of his word. That's why James says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word, lest you deceive yourselves. It is possible to expose yourself to the, but if you ain't doing the word, you are self-deceived. Okay. It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. So last week we looked at uh, Mark chapter 4. So just to be crystal clear about how this works, today's message is titled The Seed, The Seed. We've talked about the state of being, blessed. We've talked about the soil, which is your environments, your relational environments, your internal environments. Today we're talking about the seed. And just to be crystal clear, the seed that we are talking about is God's word. Notice Mark chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Come on, I'm giving you all scripture today. He said, uh, and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Talking about the parable of the sower. He says, how then will you understand all the parables? In fact, what he was saying is the baseline for you to understand how the kingdom works and how kingdom principles work is for you to have a basic understanding of this first parable, the parable of the sower. If you don't get the parable of the sower, you can't get anything else. That's why we started there. So Jesus begins to explain the parable of the sower, and he says explicitly and emphatically, the sower sows the word. So when he talks about the sower sowing seed, He's saying the sower sows the word, like we're doing right now. Jesus, the sower, is sowing the word. The problem is the word that is being sown this morning, some of it's going to fall on the wayside. It ain't going to bear no fruit. After some people walk out of this service, this whole message is going to do absolutely nothing for them because of the condition of their heart. The seed is inherently good, but the soil determines whether the seed bears fruit or not. So the seed's going out. Falls by the wayside, falls on stony ground, falls on thorny ground, and then it falls on good soil. One out of four, one out of four will get it. 25% of the people who hear God's word will get it because of the condition of their heart. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's a big deal. So why is it important? Why is it important for me to prioritize God's word? Why is it important for me to, to prioritize God's word? Why is it important for me to read God's word? Why is it important for me to interact with God's word? In fact, when, when David says he meditates on the law day and night, that word meditate 
Huh? It means, literally, it means to mutter. It means to mumble. It also means to regurgitate. So it's what cows do. Chew the grass, swallow it. I'm trying to figure out how to say this without sounding gross. <laughs> eh? <laughs> they regurgitate it. Let me say it that way. What goes in comes back out. And they chew it again. And they swallow it again. It goes in them. And then it comes back out. That's what he said we ought to do with the word. Meditate. Meditate. Get it in you and let the word come out of you. Let me tell you how I know, again, your heart health. How much word is in you? Hmm? Y'all know what a sponge will do when you squeeze it? Whatever went into that sponge is what's going to come out of that sponge when you squeeze it. When life squeezes you, what comes out? It will reveal what's in you. And when life squeezes you and the word of God ain't coming out, it means you haven't given attention to his word. It means you haven't meditated on his word. It means the word of God doesn't abide in you. I'm not being critical or judgmental. I'm saying the missing link between where we are and where we could be is how we approach God's word. And that's why when life starts to press you and crush you, it's almost like you do a Google search, no results found. So guess what we'll do? Call the pastor. Let me tell you something. What I eat is for me. You can't get full off of what I'm eating. What you do on Sunday mornings is just a pit stop. Now it's possible, depending on what you're driving and how far you drive, to go from week to week on one tank of gas. But when it comes to spiritual things, one pit stop on Sunday ain't going to do. It's almost like going to Cracker Barrel. Come on, I don't know what your favorite buffet is. Come on, if you're old school, you know something about, it, it depending on where you're from now. Come on, somebody. Anybody know anything about Shoney's? They don't know about Shoney's, Sheldon. Come on, Ponderosa. <laughs> Lubies. Okay, I shouldn't have used those references because I told y'all eat to live. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> you can't go be living long getting down with that. Eat to live. Jamba juice. Okay. Somebody get past the Wendy because I'm all over the place. I need to dial this back in. What was I talking about again? Like for real. Huh? Pit stop. Pit stop. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all are paying attention in class. Thank you, thank you. But imagine if you only ate today. And guess what? I'm not going to eat another meal until next Sunday. In trouble. How many of us would live, survive, thrive, Eating from Sunday 
to Sunday. No, doesn't work. Yet that's what we do spiritually. We wait until Sunday to feed and feast on God's word. So the Lord sent me this morning just to remind you that the secrets to your next level hidden in his word. Right here. In his word. Okay, I'm about to wrap this up. Now, <clears throat> when I say that the first time, that means I got about another 20, 25. <laughs> what time the Cowboys play today? Did somebody just say Giants? Get the beat. No, I'm just saying. No, we got a few Giants fans. I think we got about four or five here in a very hostile environment. They just don't know it yet. Okay, so here it is. Here it is. When you eat, when you eat, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brooks or Chastity, you need to eat a balanced diet. Right? Come on, I know what I like. Don't judge me. But I, I don't just like it. I love carbs. Come on, where are all my carbs? <laughs> come on, you see? Come on, somebody. I thought I was alone. Carbs ain't bad. But it can't be the only thing I eat. I need protein. I need good fats. Hmm? I need nuts and legumes and all these other things. I need to have a balanced diet. Now, what the Word of God will do is give you a balanced diet. And there's so much I could say about this, but because I can't give you everything in one day, this is what I'm going to give you. You need a balanced diet, and what the Word of God will give you is a balanced diet of grace and truth. There's a whole lot more that the Word of God will do, but let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just start and end today right there. That there are people in this room right now who need a steady diet of God's word because you need to be exposed to God's truth and you need to be exposed to God's grace. Both will radically transform your life when you have been exposed to the truth of God's word and embrace it and you have been exposed to the grace of God and embrace it. So that's what we're going to start eating here at Converge Church. Grace and truth. Y'all ready for this? I'm going to go fast and furious as I prepare to close. The scripture says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten son. So we know when the scripture says the word, it's speaking of Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, but the word became flesh, Jesus. But notice what it says about Jesus. There are two characteristics of Jesus. There's so much we can say about him. The fact that he was love, but it also says this about Jesus. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father. Notice what he was full of. Jesus was full of two things. Because you are what you eat. And Jesus was full of two things, grace and truth. 
Somebody say a balanced diet. A balanced diet will lead to a balanced life. We need both. We need the truth of God's word and we need the grace of God. To experience God's grace for us, and here it is, to learn to extend God's grace to others. Yay! We love to receive grace. We love God to be gracious to us. But when it comes to us being gracious to others, as God has been gracious to us, uh, we turn off the faucet. And one of the reasons we're not living a fruitful life is because we're quick to accept God's grace for us, but we're not as willing to extend his grace to others. And you have a diet that ain't balanced. And if your diet ain't balanced, you miss out on the fruitful life that God promised. So here it is. Y'all ready for this? Uh, why is that important? Truth without grace is mean. But grace without truth is meaningless. Y'all miss, miss what I just said. Truth without grace is mean. Well, I just tell it like it is. I just call it like I see it. And I just speak my mind. Well, well, hold up. Truth without grace is mean. That's why the scripture says in Ephesians 4, speak the truth in love. Truth without grace it's mean. And the problem is, we like to tell people the truth, but we don't like for people to tell us the truth about ourselves. The question today is, can you handle the truth, baby? Because the truth of God's word, it's going to get all up in your business. And sometimes that's why we're afraid to go to God's word. Because again, the scriptures calls God's word a mirror. James chapter, James chapter 2, the mirror of God's word. The problem is most of us are looking in the wrong mirrors to get our sense of identity. And let me tell you something. The mirror you look into determines the reflection you get back. And most of us, listen, Sheldon, we've been looking at distorted mirrors. It's kind of like the, 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 the fair. You go to the fair or you go to the carnival. Come on, Texas State Fair. Big Tex is back. And I heard he's got a new shirt. He's got a blue shirt this year. Come on. Why I keep bringing up stuff? You can't eat to live at the fair. You cannot eat to live at the fair. You'll be eating fried butter sticks. <laughs> no, they got that. No, for real, like a fried butter. You can't eat to live at the Texas State Fair. So, <clears throat> so if you go to the fair, you go to the carnival, you can go to the, the House of Mirrors, right? And you stand in front of that mirror, and guess what it's going to do? It's going to make you look what? Bigger? Taller than you are or smaller than you are. And most people go through life looking at themselves in distorted mirrors. And the reflection that they get back is either an inflated sense of self or a deflated sense of self. The only place you will ever discover a true sense of who you are is when you look into the mirror of God's word. And most people have looked into the mirror of self. And when you look into the mirror of self, you will get an inflated sense of yourself. When you look into the mirror of what people have said about you, you will get a deflated sense of yourself. The only place you will get a true sense of your identity is when you go back to your creator. 
And that's why Romans 12 and 3 says, let no man think of himself highly, more highly than he ought, but to think of himself soberly according to the measure of faith he has been dealt. Most of us aren't even thinking about ourselves soberly because it's either inflated or deflated based on the mirrors you've been looking in. And we have neglected the mirror of God's word. Here it is, here it is. Jesus came and he rebuked the Pharisees in Mark chapter 7. I'm not even going to get through my whole message, but this is where I'm going I'm to wrap it up. In Mark chapter 7, this is what Jesus said, beginning at verse 9. He's talking to the Pharisees. And he said to them, all too well, you reject the commandment of God. Hey, that you may do what? Keep your tradition. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. Listen, this is where I'm going to drop the mic right here. You know what Jesus was saying to the Pharisees? In fact, the first time uh, the Lord helped me see this verse was in Bible college. We had an instructor in Bible college, a professor named uh, Doug Jones. Everybody loved Doug Jones. I still remember that morning we came to class. He opened up his Bible, opened up his notes, and this is what he said. He said to us in the class, he said, what's more powerful than the word of God? So we're all looking at each other. Like, Ain't nothing more powerful than the word of God. People start throwing out all these answers. He's like, nope, 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 nope. He said again, what's more powerful than the word of God? He said, no, no, no. And he took us to the scripture. Mark chapter 7 and verse 9. Notice what the text says. I'll read it again and you'll see it. As I read it, he's speaking to the Pharisees, and he says, all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your what? Tradition. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you have handed down. There are people in this room who will never benefit from the power of God's word because of their tradition. You're not listening to what I'm saying. We ignore it, but for some of us, the reason we don't respond to God's word and the reason the word of God doesn't bear fruit in our lives is because of our tradition. Let me tell you what your tradition is. You stuck in your ways. You insist on your ways. It's my way or the highway. And when you assume that posture in your heart and your mind, notice what the scripture says, you make the word of no effect. It can't do nothing for you. And in your marriage, can't nobody say nothing to you. On your job, can't nobody say nothing to you because my way must be the best way. And that's why we say it here at Converse Church, that it bears repeating. I say it every now and then. Your environment will determine what you're exposed to. What you're exposed to will determine your experiences. And your experiences will determine your expectations, good or bad. Let me tell you what that is. I say everybody comes to life and you come to relationships with your own marinade. 
everybody got their own ingredients in their marinade. The ingredients in your marinade are your environments, your exposures, your experiences, and your expectations. The problem with your marinade is just because it's your marinade, and that's the way they made your marinade at your house, you have now normalized it. And what is normal to you may be abnormal to everybody else. And just because it's normal to you, you have rejected the Word of God when the Word of God challenges your traditions. And instead of choosing truth, we side with our traditions. And when you side with your tradition, the way you've always been, the way you've always done it, the way your mama did it, the way your grandpa did it, the way your family did it, the truth of God is of no effect in your life. Nobody can help you because you're stuck in your ways. And that's why Jesus said, listen to me, that's why Jesus said, Pharisees, you're wasting your time. You're trying to put new wine in old wineskins. Something's going to break. If you insist on putting my truth in the wineskin of your tradition, something's going to break. It ain't going to work, baby. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. At some point, you have to choose the truth over God's word more than your tradition. I remember a friend told me the story of uh, the pot roast where uh, when she was a little girl, they would always, she watched her mom cook and they would always cut the ends off the, the roast. He said, Mom, why y'all cut the ends off the roast? Uh-huh, that's a good question, baby. I don't know. So she called her mom. Her mom said, hey, um, why we cut the ends off the roast? Her mom didn't know, so her mom called grandma or great-grandma. Who said, oh, when your great-great-grandmother taught me how to cook, we were so poor we only had one pot. And we had to cut the ends off the roast so that the roast could fit. So what was a temporary solution became a multi-generational tradition. Say that. Say that. You're stuck in your ways. You grew up in a family where the way you resolve conflict, everybody yelled at each other. Then you get married to somebody where in their family, they didn't deal with conflict. Everybody retreated to their corners. Now you're married to someone and you're yelling at them and they're shutting down. The word of God can't help your marriage because of your tradition. Until somebody in that relationship lets go of the shouting and lets go of the silence and deals with the problem according to the word of God. The word of God is of no effect in your marriage and in your life. Your traditions. Jesus told the Pharisees, you're so committed to the old that you won't embrace the new. You're so committed to your old wineskin, your old way of doing things, that even though I came with new wine, it can't benefit you. We're going to pick this up next week because I'm going to talk about the grace that we find in our lives for the people in our lives who are unwilling to change. It's going to be real good. I'm going to jack your... Well, I'm sorry. 
Let me just say this. Let me, can I just say this to you? Ain't nothing I say from this platform to you where God hadn't whipped your board first. There's nothing I'm saying out here that I haven't learned to live first. And it's because of God's love and his grace and his mercy for me. The Bible says, whom God loves, he chases. He chases. Most of us aren't experiencing the life that David talked about because we're not eating to live. And that's why Paul says, listen, your problem is you got to renew your mind to the word of God. You got to change your way of thinking. Your tradition got you jacked up. You set in your, you're so, you're so protective. You're so protective of your tradition. Can't nobody help you. You're going from therapist to therapist and you're going to hold on to your tradition. And be just because it's normal to you doesn't mean it's normal to everybody else. It's normal for you to cut the ends off your roast, but it's abnormal to everybody else. And somebody at some point has to break the cycle so that God can do in your life, listen to me, in your life, listen to me, this is for somebody, in your life so that it can happen in your children's lives. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. Just because that's what your mama passed down to you, just because that's what your dad passed down to you, it doesn't mean you got to pass it down to them. Break the cycle with the Word of God. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. God wants to help us not going to happen today, but God wants to help us over the next several weeks with our blind spots. I thank God for technology because now uh, 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 when you drive your, the newer cars, it, it'll let you know, it'll give you an alert that there's a car in your blind spot. But there was a time when cars didn't have that technology and if you didn't kind of look over your shoulder before you changed lanes, there could be a car in your blind spot and people got hurt. When you drift out of your lane into blind spots in your life, people, listen to me, people get hurt. When you drift out of your lane into somebody else's lane because you have a blind spot, people get hurt. And this is how we define blind spots that converge. You know you have a blind spot when you are oblivious to what is obvious to everybody else. I'll say that again. You know you have a blind spot when you are oblivious to what is obvious. Everybody can see it. Except you! Because your tradition, your wineskins have blinded you. Lord, would you help us today? Would you help us today? Father, this morning, this is not about condemnation or judgment. God, it's your mercy. It's because you love us. It's because you love us. And God, you want us to return to the seed of your word, to meditate in your word day and night so that it becomes a part of who we are, to renew our minds to your word so that we let go of our traditions, 
so that we're, we, 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 we come out of our ruts, so that we let go of our wineskins, so we let go of our traditions, so that we can experience the truth of your word even when it hurts, even when it hurts, even when it hurts. Can I say this? And then I'm going to dismiss you. I'm going to say anything else. For those of us who struggle with hearing the truth, just recognize this. The truth may hurt, but it will never harm. Ultimately, the truth will heal. I had a car accident in 2013. I still deal with some of the effects of it. My lower back and my IT band will lock up and it will feel like it's on fire and it will feel like it's, it's, it's a block of cement. So I have to go to the chiropractor and he has to put me on the, the rack and they have to do decompression so he can take the pressure off my lower back and then it releases my IT band. There's a reason I'm saying that. Because when I had this accident, I go to the chiropractor and he would do all these adjustments probably for about nine months to a year. And every time, Chuck, I came from the chiropractor, it hurt. But nothing the chiropractor did harmed me. In fact, what he did for 9 to 12 months healed me. Even though every time I went in, it hurt, it never harmed, it healed. And that's the problem we have. We're afraid of the truth because the truth hurts. But we don't realize that if we will listen to the truth, even when it hurts, it will never harm us. Ultimately, it will heal us. Why don't you stand as we're dismissed? If you're a first-time guest with us this morning, uh, Pastor Wendy and I would like to connect with you uh, right here, off to my right, uh, uh, your left. There's a, you'll see signs that say Welcome Center. Uh, we want to shake your hand, hug your neck, uh, let you know we're glad that you're here. Uh, we also want to encourage you uh, to make sure you save the date, October 28th through the 30th. We're going to send you more details. That's our building dedication and uh, 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 ordination weekend. Pastor Wendy and I are already ordained, but we've never been ordained by our bishop, our, our pastor, uh, our mentor, Bishop Darlington Johnson. So he will be with us on the 30th for that purpose. It's going to be high church. Listen to me. This ain't going to be skinny jeans Sunday. Come on, put on your Sunday best. Put on your Easter suit. It's going to be very special. Uh, I also want to encourage you, because we're going to be celebrating Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I want to encourage you, make sure you take Monday off. We're going to turn up. I'm telling you, we going to turn up. I've already sent invitations to my personal friends, the mayor, former mayor of Plano, Harry La Rosselier, uh, uh the mayor of Prosper. In fact, his son is here. Uh, 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 he was here for uh, Trey's uh, baby dedication and also to the mayor of McKinney. I'm going to see if the mayor of McKinney, uh, 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 got to be respectful, I can't call him George in front of you all, but Mayor Fuller uh, is also a musician, as am I. And he has a band and his wife. Anybody ever hear of Maylee Thomas? Maylee? I'm telling you, October 28th through the 30th, 
I'm gonna negotiate. Y'all see, negotiate. Y'all pray for your pastor. See if I can get uh, the mayor of our city and his band to rock out with us that weekend. It's gonna be very special. So make sure you make plans. October 28th through the 30th. Take Monday off. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you. This week, Lord, turn your countenance toward us. Turn your face toward us. Turn your gracious favor toward us. And this week, God, grant us your peace. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch@weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.